Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. As a result, those who had gathered asked Jesus, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Jesus replied, It isn't for you to know that the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority. Rather, you receive power with the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Emma. You know, one thing that strikes me about uh, this is so many of the students you've seen up here are like middle school, eighth grade, ninth grade. So, friends, you've got a great youth group coming in the years to come. You've got a great youth group, something great to build on. So... That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you. So thanks, yeah. so thanks to the students who have uh, been participating up here in the reading and in the music and the volunteers and the uh, staff who have been a part of all of this. It's been a lot of fun uh, to, to worship together with you, for you to lead us in worship. Thank you for doing that. It's been awesome. So, and I, and I do want to say a brief word about uh, McKenna. Uh, it's been... Uh, she's been with us for three years, and if you think back, okay, three years ago, what was going on three years ago? Hmm. I mean, can you imagine you're going to start a job, first job out of college, and you're going to start a job where the, the kind of the main point of it is interacting and engaging with people, and you do it in the middle of a pandemic. So her first year was pretty much just, you know, online and trying to figure out what, what to do. And so I appreciate McKenna hanging in there and being a part of this because it's, it's not been an easy road uh, in that regard. So thanks, McKenna, for that. So the theme that we've been following uh, after Easter is the life of resurrection, that, that Easter is not just one day. Uh, the Christian church uh, observes it for a whole season, for 50 days. But even beyond that, the great reformer Martin Luther said that every Sunday is a little Easter. So Easter is something that we don't just think, oh, that's just a one-day thing and it's over and okay, great, we move on. It's, that's something that should inform our life, empower our life as we go forward throughout our life and throughout our Christian uh, faith. So last week we talked about uh, this is not my house, it is, it is uh, the God's house, the church is God's house. And the Bible says it is to be a house of prayer, and the prayer is certainly about literal prayers. It's about meditating on God's Word. It's about ultimately about experiencing the resurrected Christ in the church. Today we're going to talk about uh, the statement, it's not about you. Uh, that faithfulness and fruitfulness in the Christian life is uh, it's about fulfilling God's purposes, not our preferences. And there's a big difference there. God's purposes, our preferences. So Katie got us started in a great direction talking about community and about relationships. I mean, that is certainly something that you should see in churches, right? This should be the place. And it's why it grieves me so much, uh, it has throughout my adulthood, to see when churches are fighting. And I'm like, man, this is not at all what God intends. It's not about winners or losers. It's not about us and them. It's all about us. It's, it, it's, it's the community. We're all in this. The body of Christ I think somebody wrote about that one time. Yeah. That, that, 
that when we try to handle things alone, that, that kind of goes against what God intends. And I know it's easy. I've done it too. Go through a hard time and I just kind of insulate myself and I retreat and withdraw instead of reaching out. But how important it is to be able to reach out and know there's people that have you, that have got your back. You can trust them. They're not going to let you fall. They're going to be right there with you. And of all places, of course, church should be the place where that, where that happens. I mean, I've said it lots of times. You probably get tired of hearing it. But <laughs> Jesus was really clear when he told his disciples, the distinguishing mark that you are my followers is your love for one another. I mean, it was really clear. That is to be the distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus. That's it. It's not where you stand on a social issue. It's not about your electing election history. It's your love for one another. That's to be the distinguishing mark. So let's take that idea, and we're going to add to it the scripture that Emma read uh, just a little bit ago from Acts chapter 1. Uh, this is a pivot point in, in the Bible because uh, before that you have the Gospels, right? And, and this is written by the person who wrote the Gospel of Luke wrote the Acts of the Apostles. It's kind of like volume 1 and volume 2. And if you ever read to the end of, of the Gospel of Luke and then jump to Acts chapter 1, and you can tell, oh yeah, it just picks right up where Luke left off. And so at the, at the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, as the book was titled, you have uh, Jesus who is instructing the disciples, right? I mean, Jesus had been crucified. He's been raised from the dead. He's been appearing to all kinds of people through this time, and he's instructing his disciples. And among the things he's instructing, instructing them is about baptism and the Holy Spirit. And he says, John, Baptist, baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that's the point where the disciples uh, showed again that they weren't quite clued in to what Jesus was about. Because they said, so is this the time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. So let's think about that question for just a second. When you take all of the things that Jesus said in the Gospels, you know what the number one thing Jesus talked about was? The kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, interchangeably. There's a number one thing Jesus talked about. He even said one time, my kingdom is not of this world. So, right, so they're asking the question, is this again when we're going to be, well, in charge? Admittedly, I mean, they are tired, they are chafing under the rule of the Romans. They don't want the Romans there telling them what to do. They don't want, uh, they don't like the occupation at all. Of course not. But their answer, their question is not about, so Jesus, how do we continue with the things you've been doing? It's, are we going to now be the kingdom again? I mean, you go throughout human history. Throughout human history, and what you see so often is you have uh, a domination system. I've talked about this in recent weeks. You have a domination system of whoever it is. In this case, it was the Roman Empire. And often what the, the, those who eventually get so tired of it, they want to overthrow those other people then they just replace one domination system with another. You see it time after time after time after time, and part of what Jesus was trying to say, the entire time of his ministry, 
I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about something different. So these questions, that the, this question the disciples ask, it kind of gives us a, a, a view into human nature, right? I mean, the human nature is, is that we tend to think that the solution of a new problem is, by, is in our past. We, th- we think our future is a recreation of the past. You know, the good old days. If we could just go back to the good old days, when things were simpler and things were, uh, you know, come on. <laughs> there was good things about them doesn't mean those were the good old days we need to aim for now. Jesus said, I'm doing, well, Isaiah 43. God says, behold, I'm doing something new. Do you not perceive it? Now, we humans tend to think we can solve new problems with old solutions. What Jesus then promised, he said, but you will stay in Jerusalem and you're going to wait. Who here likes to wait for things? Right, no one likes to wait. You're going to wait. Now, the way the church observes the way this timed out is that it was about 10 days. That's, that's, a, that's a wait. But he says, you're going to wait in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Wait, they were asking, can we be in power? And Jesus says, you will have power with the Holy Spirit. But it's a power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, where we are now, and Judea, surrounding countryside, to Samaria. Oh, did you know the Jews hated the Samaritans? And Samaritans hated the Jews? Yes, even to people who disagree with you that you don't like, you will have the power to be my witnesses even to them and to the ends of the earth. That's a different answer than what the disciples knew or expected or wanted for that matter until they received the power of the Holy Spirit. So, how does all this start to come together? Surely you've seen some articles uh, in, in, the, in recent years about the stress that teenagers are going through these days. I mean, all of us went through stress as teenagers, right? That's not, a, that's not a totally new thing. That's not a totally new thing. But it is alarming now, some of the things that we see. It is alarming. Uh, one, of the, one of the studies showed that 70% of high school, or I'm sorry, of teenage students in America... When asked, they said the number one challenge of being a teenager has to do with mental health issues. Specifically, anxiety and depression. 70% said "That's that's the issue we're facing. Well, that's, that's alarming that they feel that way. Let's not worry about the whys right now or the how comes or the Think about, that's how the teenagers feel. That's their experience right now. What causes that? Number one answer uh, was, uh, getting, was grades. That was the number one answer. Again, that's not totally new. That's not totally new. I remember a good friend of mine in high school, she was an excellent student. Always an excellent student, musician, everything. At the end of one of the six weeks, I said, I'd known, this, I'd known her since I was four years old. And I said, I said oh, I guess grades is, is an easy conversation in your house. 
And she said, well, it wasn't this time. I was like, what? As one who never made straight A's. It's not, it's not an easy conversation in your house. She said, no, at the end of this six weeks, I had a 94 in math. My dad got really mad and I'm grounded. My dad would have jumped up and down. Right? My dad would have said, I can't believe this is a miracle. So, so the pressure of grades is not a totally new thing. However, universities are now much more competitive to get into. Specific uh, programs are much more difficult to get into. And so part of the message that what a lot of teenagers hear is, if you don't have straight A's, if you don't have at least a, then it's almost like you can forget it. You can just take your dreams away. That's a lot of pressure for a teenager. That's a lot of pressure for an adult. That's a lot of pressure. The second, the second uh, thing besides good grades had to do with kind of a combination of, of, of fitting in you know, socially with, the, with their uh, peers and, and a look, their looks, things related to their looks and friendships. All that is a close second to grades. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure that they feel. And so uh, we have to think, well, what, what can happen? How can we uh, address some of this? Because this obviously doesn't go away overnight. What do you do? Uh, certainly there's some things uh, that um, students can do. There's some things students can do. Um, and I think going back to what Katie had to say, there's people around you. This would be true of anybody, by the way. So advice I heard early in my life that was really great advice is that you need somebody in your life that you look up to, that, that this is a person you would have regular, you could have regular conversations. This is somebody that, that you know you could trust, somebody you could say, man, I'm facing this and I don't know what to do. That kind of per- you need that kind of person in your life. You need a really good friend who's a peer, someone you can trust when you see them in the hallway or when you text them or when you, you know, whatever it is, that... This is a peer, and you know I can trust this person, and they can trust me. And you also need somebody in your life that's probably looking up to you. You need somebody in your life. Maybe it's a, it could be a younger sibling. It could, be, it could be the new kid at school that is just brand new. They just moved to town, starting school. Well, hey, let me show you around. I mean, just somebody who might look to you for help and guidance. So you need someone you look up to who you think this is a person who's going to help me. You need a peer to trust. And you need someone who probably would look up to you. You have those three things, those three relationships, and that helps you get through so many things in life, not only as a student, but as adults too. I think that's an important step. I think going through difficulty is one way that God helps you develop and be stronger in a sense, what, God, what, what, what Jesus was saying is when you go and receive the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like having a superpower. There's no shortage, right, these days of superhero movies. And all the series that go with all of them, uh, that they all have some kind of superpower. That whatever difficulty they run into, they can use their superpower to face the difficulty. Well, sometimes it's the people around us who are our superpower. 
It's those relationships that help us to move through. And this God uses those people and God works in our lives to help us develop the maturity so that someday when you become an adult, you might be able to help somebody else. Well, what, what do adults do? Interestingly, article in Psychology Today, Marilyn Price Mitchell is the author. She said, the data is clear that the seeds of healthy development are sown through the relationships that young people share with caring adults. That's where the seeds of that development happens, is in the, the relationships with caring adults. Certainly your own family, hopefully, but also beyond that. And at church, that's kind of all of us. Appreciated, I mean, it's very nice of Katie to thank the congregation for being there in her life. Do you know you had that effect with her? You have that with all of the students here. So, your superpower might be the things you've gone through in the past and you've learned a lot and you've got some things to offer a young person. I mean, it, it, just very briefly, I won't tell the whole thing, but it, in my story, that was true. I mean, I was raised in a Christian family. My, my dad was very committed. I saw him reading his Bible every day uh, growing up, every morning. Uh, and he took his faith seriously. He wasn't like one person at church and a different person the rest of the week. He modeled it. And, and my grandparents were that way. Uh, and I had youth directors. Now, you know, I know you always hate it when a youth director leaves because everybody loves the youth director, right? Everybody. You hate that. You hate it. Well, I mean, and my first youth director was when I was in ninth grade, and I had three youth directors in four years. They were all wonderful. I loved every single one of them. They were all great. They were helpful. They helped me learn and grow. So that was wonderful. But it was the people who volunteered in our youth group when I was growing up. It was Jim and Joe, uh, Judy and LaPearl and Stacy, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, there were men involved too. It wasn't just left to the women to do. Men were there too. And, and you felt noticed and you felt cared for and you felt like, wow, I matter to somebody outside of the people who are supposed to care about me. I matter to someone else. I can't even tell you how important that was to me to see that, experience that, and see that modeled, that investment with young people. And in my life. But of course, it's, it's not just a one-way street, friends. It's not just a one-way street. One of the things we think of, well, I'm going to help out with the student ministry with you. Sometimes you don't even realize what you're going to gain from that. You're going to gain a lot of things. And you're going to gain a lot of things besides helping you know how to operate your smartphone. <laughs> That's part of it. But a lot more than that. I mean, these are smart people. These, these, I mean, and talented. We have some excellent students in our church. You probably know others in your life and other circles. You're going to gain a lot from engaging within the life of a teenager. They're not just the future of the church. They are the church. Just like everybody else here. They are the church. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for, uh, for your presence with us at all times and all places, and we thank you for the ways in which you work in the lives of, of students in this church and in their, and in their own lives, away from church. Uh, 
We remember the, the prophet Jeremiah, that when you called Jeremiah to speak, his, uh, his objection was, but I'm too young. And you said, no, don't say that, because I will be with you. God, we know that there's no such thing as too young or too old. You are with us, continually working in our lives through the Holy Spirit. You're continually working in our lives through the relationships that we have with others. So God, may we have a renewed sense of relationship with one another. That we would take the step to engage in the life of another person, older than us, younger than us. So that we could model that distinctive characteristic that Jesus taught. Our love for one another. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.